Knockout Ginger episode 52, the triumphant return of Mac Rogers. Trumpet, band leader, bartender, new music, thanks for coming out. Visit therexshop.ca for some Rex merch. You love the Rex, I love the Rex, it's the center of the universe, and it's a great time to help out some local businesses. I've got the snapback hat and the hoodie. I never take them off. You can get pint glasses and beanies and all sorts of stuff, and it's free shipping in Canada. So check out directshop.ca. Thanks for listening. F all the haters. Zoom records both of us. But it's not right. working great. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's frustrating. It is what it is. I don't know if I'm able to. Yeah. I don't think I can feel frustration anymore. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I listened to your record a few times yesterday. I enjoy it. Sweet. Sorry. Let me say that again so I can keep it in the podcast and not have water in my mouth. I... <laughs> I listened to your record several times and I like it a lot. Sweet. Um, what's the it seems like there's a lot of lots of sharing going on on Instagram. Lots of hype. Yeah, the 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 release day was really nice. I got a lot of positive feedback and I also sent it out before like I sent it to you and then I sent it to a bunch of different people who were kind of I don't know important figures in helping me shape that music and helping me like understand my relation to music and all that business and like some really nice responses from them as well too so it's been really cool like even you know there was people maybe I more expected that it might be received by them but then some of the more surprising ones are just people that I wouldn't think would be into this music or anything like that but maybe just somehow the message or the emotion or just the kind of energy of it still resonated with them. And so those have been some of the coolest for me to see people who might not necessarily be looking for, you know, whatever this type of music is, improvised music, creative music, like they're still into it and they're sharing it and they're listening to it, which is really, you know, when you can kind of transcend people who are already in that community. Yeah. It's like the goal, exciting. it's the best. It's, music for music that like starts and stops within our community is kind of like a it's almost like what's the point if you're not trying to reach beyond your friends a little bit you know yeah and i i think that was definitely a big intention like i wanted to give something that could mean something obviously to someone that doesn't study this music or you know what I mean like it shouldn't be an academic exercise I wanted it to to translate to to pass that and like trying to use different instrumentation or 
at least different like colors and textures and stuff maybe that might grab from other things like maybe that was one way to bridge that gap but yeah that was definitely a big mission and I'm excited you know even in the small response that I got like to see like pretty concrete evidence that that worked it's like very exciting to me um it's exciting to watch yeah. knowing that you've been like you've been playing me clips of this music for a long, <laughs> months well no year, years at this point <laughs> years really honestly because like i recorded it the first session was like october 2019 uh, and that's where we were tracked like the first two tunes, him, him and struck. And then the last recording session was like February of last year. And that was just actually, um, we did darn sweet, which like, I can get into more of what that was, but that was kind of interesting recording process. And then we did like a whole other tune, which will be part of the next release I'm going to do. And that one features Pat Smith on it and like quite a bit of Pat, which is really awesome. And he obviously just destroyed it. And so I'm really excited to work on that. But yeah, so yeah, it's been years of making this, you know, and like even that tune darn sweet, like the original recordings, like the original, the piano that's playing the melody and stuff, like that was recorded like 10 years ago in GarageBand, you know, like, so Wait, it's been fun. What did you say? Having this out ago? there now. That's kind yeah. of crazy. Like it was just like me when I was like really depressed and sad and feeling disconnected from music. Like I wasn't studying music and not. Um, yeah, I'd like played music all through high school and played in bands and made records and stuff. And that was so important to me. And then I went to business school because I thought that was safer and I really hated that and I felt really sad and disconnected from music. And I, that, that was some of my first attempts to like get back into it was recording little stuff like that. But so I dug up that and then we like layered shit all on top of that recording. So yeah, it's been like 10 years in the making, but yeah, for you, it's been like, yeah, two years of, Hey, listen, like at the end of a shift or something like on the laptop sitting in the Rex office, like, Hey, what do you think of this? Yeah, but I miss the Rex and hanging out. It's, it's uh, tell me about darn sweet. Well, we can stay on the Rex thing for a moment. I think we can spin it without be getting too deflated about it because it does feel like it does feel like I feel close. Like we're getting back to it, maybe like soon. Not soon, but in the relative span of this thing, it feels like hopeful. I don't know. Maybe not, but I don't know. It, it, it is. It's, I've been feeling, um, less grief and more optimism when I like think about that place and think about that community, you know, even being able to connect with some people like in releasing things like, you know, I sent stuff to Eckert and like you know people like and I sent it to Neil and I sent it to and like yeah it was just exciting to connect with that community again and I've been just like reflecting a lot about what that's even meant so I don't know I feel in a positive place even though yeah it still may be a long time until we go back and 
definitely really <laughs> miss being there like crazy yeah i'm feeling uh i think i'm feeling a little bit more deflated and pessimistic than i have through this whole thing this whole time and uh i just don't know what the mm -hmm. like it can't i i absolutely can't live like this um yeah. no no one can maybe some people can but i don't yeah. think it's healthy And it's it's interesting that it's hitting this place where, like, when I texted you too, you're like, oh, sorry, I've been quiet. It's like, man, everyone has been like that. Like, everyone's kind of in hibernation, it seems like, right now, especially, like, and I've seen, like, a post going around that, like, speaks to that of, like, you're not alone. Everyone's, like, messages take a long time to get back to, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, you truly do feel that. Like, like what do you say at this point? Nothing. Um, I've stopped. Like... <laughs> I I yeah. don't answer my phone. Like I just uh Yeah. Trying to yeah, trying to figure out even like I don't know, like I, I even have a hard time sitting down for dinner with my parents. Like I just don't even wanna <laughs> Yeah, this is where I didn't want to go oh, with yeah. this, but No no I know, but it I, I think for a brief moment, you don't want to dwell on it, but I think it is important to name it a bit. If if nothing else, it offers anyone else who might be feeling like they're alone in that feeling, be like, oh yeah, okay. At least these two nincompoops also feel that way. Yeah, true. Like, I've been feeling maybe a little more energized just through the release of like feeling like there's something to talk about for myself but yeah those feelings of like especially with the people you live with when you know everything that's happened every single thing that's happened in their life every single part of the day for the most part it's kind of funny to be like okay what's new and yeah i know yeah the scariest part for me is was um kind of having the feeling that i maybe didn't want to come out of my room to watch the jets I was like, fuck, we're, we're at the bottom <laughs> that's, here. That's a place for you. That really is a, yeah, that's a, yeah. a warning sign. But have you been, have you been enjoying this North? I think division? so for the most part, the, the jets are kind of rolling. Last night they got fucking shit hammered by the Habs, but it was like seven, nothing <laughs> at the end of the second period. Well, I, I haven't actually watched much. I just, but since the Leafs have been doing well, I just, my engagement is that I'll refresh the standings every like few days and be like, whoa, they're yeah, still they're winning. Good. I think it's a bit of a false, whatever, whatever you call I it. Know, I, right? I, I think that as, as many goals as the Canadian teams are scoring, I think it's because the Canadian teams aren't playing defense. So I just think that there's no <laughs> chance that a Canadian team's going to do well this year once the divisions open up, but who knows? Yeah, I know. It is a bit of... It'll be interesting to see what happens when... Because how many of those teams even made the playoffs last year or went? I think technically none. 
Right. Or no, the Leafs. <laughs> so did. yeah, it's like they. Right. So they're they're number one in a group of non-contenders. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least in the last record. But you know what? We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, they're they're tougher to hate now that like Thornton and Wayne Simmons are on the team. Those are really great acquisitions. Like it just like brings it balances the team out in such an exciting way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Have you been skating at all? Uh, a little bit. Kate and I like we live right by Riverdale, right? So there's a beautiful rink there, and we've gone three or four times. Not as much, but it's been so good. I've realized that like skating is such a spiritual thing for me. Like there's a lot of things I struggle to do with my body, like playing trumpet, dancing. Like I have no coordination through that. I always feel stiff and tight. But when I skate, I'm like, it, I feel at home. Yep. It's really nice. But I'm, I'm dying to actually play hockey. Uh-huh. Like I think since I've worked at the Rex, Russ and I have ta- talked every year about going and playing. And it's probably good that we never actually have got out because I may have been murdered by him, but like <laughs> it would have been fun. I thought this was the, I'm like, I'm done school this year. This will be the year that I'll go out and we'll play hockey all winter. Yeah. But yeah. Have you been skating? Have you been? No, I haven't gone out. In, you're in Burlington, right? I haven't played since that one time I played while the Rex was open. Mm-hmm. Um, we were about to do the, outdoor thing again with my team they have that permit that they get but oh yeah not allowed hockey's illegal <laughs> uh, yeah yeah john tory's making fucking tiktoks and tearing down people's shelters oh my god that one is just I, I, yeah, and it make it make sense is the best distillation of that. It's just like, how does that possibly make make sense? Like, I emailed them about it and called and stuff, and like, I just got their response a few days ago, and it's scary how they can spin it in a way that, like, you just see how they think it makes sense to them, but oh my god, it's just you could absurd. even like. I- it's tough. Like I, yeah, I don't know. You could, you could spin it so that I understand you can't have people just building houses wherever you want. Like that's a, that's yeah. a, a rule that I'm aware of and kind of on board with, I guess. So I guess the tearing down of these structures is one thing but lawsuits against the people that are building them exactly. is just like next level like not only are you it's it's it, you're basically just it's just arbitrary rule like they care more about enforcing arbitrary rules than actually taking care of people which is the tough part yeah i was talking with one of my closest friends yesterday, he's actually through this time, he 
I think you've met him before. Um, Harry. Uh, but trumpet player. He yeah, was yeah. a trumpet player, classical player. But through this time, he's... And he was thinking about this anyways, but transitioned to social work realm. And he's been working in shelters through this. And just seeing in some places and some people, you know, this defense of policies or upholding of policies over the actual people, you know, it's just kind of it's really crazy. absurd. And you see it exactly in that Tory thing. It's like, how is that? Like, how can you not see that this is a very unique situation? And especially, you know, if you say, okay, we don't want these structures because it's not safe, but then you're going to spend resources suing a guy who's just yeah. trying to help. And he himself acknowledges that it's a temporary solution and it's not the answer, but it's, it's just there solely to stop people from dying through the winter. It's like, yeah, it's just backwards. It's not even backwards. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's uh, at a certain point you have to start wondering why we even subscribe to any sort of system at all. If when the shit hits the van, the systems don't work. It's like, yeah. Or they work, you know, for a select group of people. Like even seeing with the the business closures and stuff during lockdown, seeing the big box stores can be open, but all these small businesses crazy have to close their doors and they can't do anything. I'm like, how do, how does that possibly make sense? I and they and but then they'll spend money on ad campaigns that say support local, buy local. We're all in this together. Yeah, we're not all in this together. Like if I see if I see one more <laughs> ad spent. That says we're all in this together instead of actually spending that money. One of the funniest ones my friend pointed out to me is like, you know, on the DVP down by. Yeah, on the DVP right now, right where it like turns into the gardener, there's like that car dealership that's like super expensive cars like it's Jaguars. Uh, you'll see it like off the highway, but it's like, you know where the jam yeah. factory is? It's like on the same street behind like kind of the DP. Anyways, it's like they sell Rolls Royce, Bentley, like Jaguar, and they spent money for a billboard that says, we're all in this together. It's like, no, we are not. <laughs> you are in a totally different stratosphere. Yeah, it's crazy because I'm not it, like, I'm going to be fine. You know, like, like yeah, me too. I have nothing on the line here aside from my sanity and mental health. Um, there's a lot of people that have like way more at risk than, uh, than me. It's just, it's so hard not to talk about it and talk around it. Like it's not, and in some ways there are like new things to it, but yeah, we don't have to go there. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a low energy pod. I want to uh, like uh, bring it up, but I can tell you're having a hard time too. So I don't want to like brush by uh, it. I think we get got a brush by I think that's the only... <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah i don't know i don't know what the <sighs> have you been listening to stuff or have you been practicing i've been practicing a ton nice like it's uh it's kind of like the only thing at the moment mm -hmm. i'm up till like five or six every every morning 
just practicing, which is pretty great. Yeah. It's like when the house is quiet and I can just sit down with my bass, it's kind of like the only time that I can forget about everything. Yeah. Um, so that's been good. That's a, that's a huge positive as ridiculous as this whole situation is the practicing has been great. And I feel like I'm, it's, uh, it's really exciting. Like I, I'm, I'm feeling super, super attached to the electric bass right now and cool. just like really getting into stuff. And, um, I feel like I'm onto some shit, which is a nice feeling. So that's a positive. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, like, is that, is that a recent thing? The electric bass, like switch up yeah. or not switch up, but just like kind of, I kind of got back. Well, I've never been not into it, but yeah, just sitting at home since the beginning of this pandemic, I've been more into it than usual, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I, um, I got to figure out how to play it more in real life, I think, <laughs> but it's been good practicing it a ton just out of my mind practicing um i think last time we talked you said you hadn't played in months or no you told me you were just getting back into it yeah i feel like i say that a lot (laughs) i kind of like went on a lull a bit again and like even just in the lead up to the release and stuff, I've been practicing more and more. And I realized like, yeah, it's just like so much for me is like, I need to be connected to the community to like feel the motivation to practice. It has to be like connected to like, I'm inspired, like I'm engaging with other people's art or other people's music or other people's, you know, talking with other musicians or creatives and stuff that's what gets me excited to practice it's like and when that dries up i really really surprisingly quickly lose that like engagement so yeah i definitely had a good stretch when the rex had opened again because it was just so amazing like to hear live music again oh my god yeah and like for the most part the people who were coming in were really playing at such an inspiring uh, level of intensity like you know like you felt the catharsis of being able to play just as much as being able to listen and that was really inspiring and then when that shut down it got a little dark again you know after a while um, did you send your EP to like playlists or blogs or anything uh, I sent it to a couple blogs. I was just kind of like dipping a toe in that world. And I, I honestly, in retrospect, should have done more. I was like, just like, this is the first thing I ever released. And it was um, intimidating for sure to like think about. I just didn't know also if it was realistic that anyone would reply to it. But I should have sent it out to more. But yeah, I sent it out to like four or five places. And I haven't done the Spotify playlist thing. I'm going to do that now that it's actually like up there on it. I'm, I submitted to like the Spotify, play, like their playlist, but 
Um, I got like no pre-saves, so <laughs> I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think anything will come of that, but I want to work on the user base playlists. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine had a lot of success. Um, just, he would just look up like popular playlists that kind of featured music that he was into and that he thought it'd be a good fit. And then he said like, for the most part, a lot of people's Spotify handles are the same as their Instagram handles. And so he just messaged them on Instagram and be like, Hey, uh, like it's a little more casual than like a blog or publication where you are sending a whole EPK. It's like, Hey, your playlist has some traction. I think this would be a good fit. What's up. But I felt pretty precious about this stuff and I wanted to kind of just see how I could figure it out. And I learned a lot for sure. But, uh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird process of like making something and then trying to figure out how to stay invested after it's made. Mm hmm. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what have you been listening to? Ooh, good question. I've been listening to quite a bit of music and like, I guess the kind of, the way I do it is I th throw it all in like a giant playlist each month and then I just throw it on shuffle. But, um, so it's a little all over the place, but like I said, I was listening to a lot of that Dan Edmonds new record, but, um, I've been listening um, I've been getting into Don Cherry a lot lately, partly through this podcast, because Maddie was talking about how she lifted that Ornette record. Like I started, it, it started by getting into his music, Ornette's music a bit more, especially I was listening to that record that she said she lifted tomorrow's the question, mm -hmm. which Nick Fraser said is the wrong record to lift. But it's a great record, and I've been loving it. It is. It's not my. Um, it's definitely not my favorite, but it's like a very. It's good, and it's like a very unique record. Yeah, um, but yeah, just kind of like feeling an affinity for his playing in ways I never really like realized, like Don's specifically. But I was also listening to, um, like, speaking of Nick again, he did a post asking people to recommend like. Pharaoh Sanders and Sun Ra records. And I had gotten really into like some of Pharaoh Sanders more like spiritual, like the love is everywhere. And like, um, is it colors or is it karma? I forget what the, I think the record's karma. Karma. But like yeah. that stuff. But like, I didn't know other stuff around that. And uh, so I've been listening to, bunch of different Pharaoh Sanders and Sun Ra. And I found this cool collection of Pharaoh Sanders that has all these kind of like interviews in between. So there's like interviews with Paul Blay and Don Cherry and Pharaoh Sanders and Albert Eiler. And they're talking about like all, there might even, yeah. Is it is this oh. audio that you're talking about? Sorry? Is this audio? Yeah. It's on Spotify. It's called In the Beginning. 1963 to 64 and it's Pharaoh Sanders. And then, so it's like, 
most of it is interviews, actually, I realize now. So it's like Sun Ra talking about meeting John Coltrane, Pharaoh Sanders talking about meeting Coltrane, uh, Don Cherry talking about Ornette's influence. And there's some stuff of like Don Cherry Quintet, which I've been really digging. I will check all of this out. Um, I'm just taking notes as you're talking so I remember what we yeah talked about. I'll keep going then because I've been kind of all over the place. But hitting some new spaces that feel really exciting and like fruitful and like talking about like finding your voice or finding things that kind of resonate with you or maybe are the things you want to like things you do want to lift and the things you do want to like really get into and that maybe make sense as in a line with your voice. Um, shit, what else was I looking at there? But yeah, I was once again reaching out to Nick after Milford Graves died and I was like, okay, where do I begin? Like I'd found like a record or no, an interview that he did years ago. Like that was my first introduction to him. And he was talking about just kind of like the concept of being like a polymath and like he has like all these interests, right? Like between healing and like science and like physiology, kinesiology and the way it relates. And he's like, I did all those things and they weren't connected to me for such a long time. And then eventually they just all came together. And I remember thinking that was just the coolest shit, but I never really listened to his music. And then when he died, I was like, okay, what am I revisited those interviews again and I was like, man, this guy was really into something super cool in the ways he connected music to healing. And um, so I was trying to figure out where to go from there. I think my two favorite are Love Cry. That's with Albert Eiler, right? Yeah. And yeah. that Paul Blake Quintet record. I forget. That's what, so funny you say that. Those were called. the two. Um, Barrage? Yeah, Barrage. Barrage. I was listening. Those were the two. He gave me a big list, um, which was awesome. It, it was so funny. He's like, yeah, I haven't done as much of a deep dive with Milford as I have with like other people. But uh, here's some ones that are interesting to me. And he gives me a list of like, 10 records and i was like holy shit this is you being like shallow on something like that's amazing but yeah those it's funny you mentioned those two because those are the two that i've been listening to the, the most um i can't remember what else i've listened to those might be really it yeah i don't know what else any uh yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, anything else? I don't know. I feel like I should uh, maybe talk about um, my good friend Dev and what we've done with... We're, we've done a little imprint just like you have with uh, Flea Boy. Oh, yeah. Just something like So you guys decided to release on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. And from that, 
I think we're just trying to build a, a bit of a platform, like called it an imprint, but like not really being a label or anything, but just kind of a collective that organizes maybe, um, yeah, something to build a community around. I mean, like, especially releasing a record these days just feels like you're screaming into the void. And if you can do it in a way that like is constructive and it doesn't feel like you're just throwing it out there, you know, Mm -hmm. have a little more of an anchor. It's been really exciting to do that together because like, and it just so happened, like it's pretty amazing between the two of us that it's all worked out so organically, like between the two records, uh, mine and then his to be true, which he goes by the alias eulogy eulogy. Um, like they were both our projects, but, um, just so happened is pretty much the same band, like in terms of members and stuff like that. And it's just led by one is my music, the other's his. Um, so it made sense to do that as like kind of a dual release. Um, and then from there, like we just like, that's been our experience all through that we met before through like a band Greywater that we were playing with. Um, and just kind of, yeah, really connected with each other. And we worked together all through. Like, it's just so, one of my absolute favorite people to play with and hang with and talk with and everything. So we're like, yeah, let's build something a little bigger than... Let's get out of the self of it and, like, try and do something that's more collective and that'll make it feel a little easier, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, everything feels easier when you do it with people. Uh, yeah. Do you guys would, have a name? Sibling Human Buddy Pal is our name. Nice. <laughs> or SHBP is easier. But uh, yeah, I was talking with Pete about when we were first like coming together with the idea. Cause, and Pete's like, yeah, that's exactly what I did with All Set with Mike Smith. You know, he's just like... He said something that really stuck with me where he's like, you know, we're all out here fighting against one another like the stakes are high, but like the stakes aren't that high. Like you're going to climb all all over all these people to get to the top and realize like there's nothing necessarily for you there. Not to be too bleak or grim about it, but it's like, I think there's a lot more power, obviously. And I know you get this in like trying to build something together from the ground up and if nothing else like if it doesn't go anywhere at least you have an amazing community of people um that you build something around so mm-hmm. yeah it's exciting uh we'll i didn't see what so i was a bit confused about devin's release i thought it yeah. was called eulogy eulogy but his band he is eulogy, no, eulogy. The, yeah that's his alias for that project and i think the first thing yeah the record's called to be true oh okay yeah, but on the artwork, it just says eulogy, eulogy, so it makes it look like the record's called that a bit, I guess. But yeah. Um, what's the... So how did that connection happen? You guys were in a band, and then you decided to go to the same time? Or... Um, yeah, the connection... So it goes back to Adrian, actually. So I was at 
wasn't studying music or anything. And I started playing in the jazz band there, which had just started to be led by Mike Malone. So I met Mike and then I had heard of Adrian and then I'd seen him play and I really fell in love with his playing and stuff. And I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then a buddy of mine who had gone to before told me who, and who I was playing with in the jazz band. He's like, Oh, Adrian Frugia is doing like a summer mindfulness workshop thing. Um, and I was like, I was really trying to make a serious push to become a musician and get back into that stuff. And with the goal of like, okay, I'm going to leave what I'm doing here and go study music. Um, but I was still like, so shit, but, uh, that was really exciting. I was getting into mindfulness at the same time. And so it made a lot of sense, but yeah, I got in that workshop, met a drummer who played in this band, Greywater, And then I ended up playing on this drummer's recital we played one of Adrian's students. We played Morningstar. And uh, for one of the recital preps, I had to go to and like do like a recital prep workshop or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy John Malstrom was there and he was kind of one of the main. Greywater was like kind of his baby with his. And uh, he was like, man, I really like your playing you should come record on, you know, our, our, uh, EP. So I recorded on that gray water EP. And then I think shortly after, and then I started playing with them. And then after that, uh, Dev joined the band too. They had got rid of their bass player and Dev joined and we met and it's just, yeah, he's, he's just the best. I, I, it's funny. I was messaging him and I'm like, I'm, you know, you go back and forth. Like when we've been promoting each other's records and stuff, you're talking about each other a lot. And like, it's gotten to the point where I'm just like running out of, it's like transcending words, like my appreciation and love for him as a musician. Like he's just one of these, like he can do everything, but we particularly connect on like, he's just a master of sounds and textures and he can just hold anything down. Like he plays in all kinds of projects and I'm so lucky that, you know, he, he likes what I do, like as a musician and plays on my shit, but also hires me onto his stuff, you know, yeah. and it's been a super beautiful collaboration. And I think what he did is, is so special. Um, which, yeah. which part? Well, his record. Oh, okay. But also what he did on, like, also what he did on mine like i thought thought you're cracking a joke about making it out of hamilton oh yeah well he's still in hamilton he got sucked back in i don't know that scene has a lot of potential dan fortan has moved there kelly jefferson has moved there now they just need venues yeah that's the problem that's the problem and it's always been the problem yeah you go to school and you have to essentially learn how to gig and learn how to fight. And, uh, well, I mean, it's probably not, I assume it's better than it was, but like. It was, but then a lot of stuff closed down, like through this, you know, like, and even just before that, like art bar closed down and, 
St. Hollywood is sold. Haven is gone. Yeah. Like, anyways, not going to go into there. This is back to talking about, yeah, just Dev. Dev's the best. And people should go check out his record. Yeah, I should have him on. You should. I was thinking about, I was like, man, we should have done it together, actually. Honestly, it would have been good. But um, no, mostly I, I do want to just like plug and I hope people, if they're interested, which I feel like a lot of people listening to this would would be into it, that they check out my record, Where Stem Sweet Noise, and Dev's record, To Be True. Listen to them back to back for the full experience. Who's first? And Me. It just flows that way. It flows really nicely because it starts, yeah, anyways. That's what we've agreed upon, but I think you could do either way. Oh, and um, and Len did your artwork, right? Yes, Len. Shout Len out Len, artwork. thanks for listening. Shout out to Len. Um, yeah, we, we, I was just talking to her today. We're going to collaborate on my next release too. Sweet. Is she back yet? She is. Nice. She's back in the city. So that's one good one good piece of news. Um, yeah, I, I saw her actually a couple of weeks ago. We went tobogganing. That was super fun. Nice. Um, yeah, so shout out to Len. Um, fuck. Where was I going to go with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just check out those albums. And uh, check out Sibling Human Buddy Pal. There'll be much more coming from there, I'm sure. Just the beginning. But uh, Do you guys have a website? Yeah, we just have an Instagram. Um, and then a band camp. That's just an index page for our releases. Right. Um, um, yeah. What do you want me to link to? Uh, I could either give you the the like hyper follow page for DistroKid that so people can go band camp, Spotify, or uh, Apple Music. But honestly, the best is Bandcamp, just macrogers.bandcamp.com and then siblinghumanbuddypal.bandcamp.com. And from there, you can find devs too. I believe, yeah, devs is just devinsavis.bandcamp.com. But if he's going to do his own one, I can also link it there. But yeah, if you go to siblinghumanbuddypal.bandcamp, you can find that. But uh, yeah, maybe the Instagram, like my Instagram and the Bandcamp would be great. Okay. Because from there, from the Instagram, people can find everything. Sweet. Yeah. But that's it. And that's that. I appreciate you having me on and getting to talk again. And I appreciate you listening to the record. And I'm glad you liked it. That's important to me. I liked it a lot. Sweet. Um, there's a song with a... The second track has... A piano solo and a trumpet solo. Mm-hmm. Is that? Do I have that right? Yep. Struck. That's the one that we played at the Transac. Yes. Right. Yeah, with Allison and Eric. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Sweet. Both solos were great. Sweet. And then there's a there is alto solo too. Oh yeah, which I thought was Patrick based on me knowing that you guys recorded together and I was like, this doesn't sound like Patrick. 
No, he wasn't on that session. Yes. That's my good friend, other alumni and alumni, uh, Michael Michael Morabito. Really great alto player and just absolute sweetie. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Augustine Yates is the piano player. Nice. Both of their solos on that were super exciting to me. That band, I just love playing with them. Yeah, you can tell. It's a good, yeah. it's a good vibe. It's strong. Yeah. No, I'm super happy, and, and I feel so thankful. Like, you know, like you can write something. I don't know, but uh, they really took it so above and beyond anything I could ever actually imagine. And it's pretty beautiful to see that happen. So, I know the exact feeling. It's like yeah. the best part. Oh yeah, and it helps feel way less like, oh my god, I'm scared to share it because it's not about me. It's like this is such a big collective thing, and like everyone puts so much into it to make it happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I put some sketches down on a page and brought it to them, and had some specific directions, but like it was such a team effort, and I'm so proud of it. So it's really helped me get out of that uh, self-consciousness and stuff because it's it's I'm really such a small part of it, but. Like, 